All right, checking in on what's happening in the Mideast. Um, it is very clear that Israel will not be participating in a ceasefire anytime soon. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu lays that out very clearly. Yinam Cohen is the Consul General of Israel to the Midwest. He joins us here to talk about this. Yinam, thank you for coming on with us. Thank you for having me, Mitch. So, of course, I'm sure Netanyahu knew, and I'm sure many Israelis know, that that statement will be decried across the world, and many uh, pockets will say, you see, they're just uh, Israel's just going to start committing more war crimes against the poor Palestinians, and it doesn't matter anymore what the justification is, you're going to be the bad guys. And yet, there, as you could hear in your prime minister's voice, no hesitation. Explain to our audience the context of that and why Israel has to be that way, in your opinion. Thank you, Mitch. We have been, as you know, engaged in a massive military operation in the past three weeks following the huge, the biggest massacre in the history of the state of Israel. More than 1,400 civilians were butchered by Hamas terrorists. So what we're doing right now in Gaza is going after the leadership of the terrorists and after their uh, hiding places and their tunnels to really crush their terrorist capabilities, because it is our obligation to defend our citizens. Now, some people call for ceasefire. I have to say in the United States, they're a small minority. But some of them do call for ceasefire. To actually save Hamas, because they want us to stop right now in the middle of the operation and let Hamas rebuild itself, rearm itself, take back uh, the position they had to withdraw from. You know what? It's not what I'm saying. It's what Hillary Clinton said yesterday. And I think she, she's totally correct. And I listen to many, many Americans who believe in peace, but they are telling us right now, go after Hamas, don't stop, because this is the right thing to do at the moment. Well, because I mean, the argument about a ceasefire is that innocent people are going to be killed. But... It seems that the people who are protesting this, who are screaming this or whatever, act as if innocent people never get killed in war. This is going to be the first time that that's going to happen. You pointed out correctly that nobody said to us when we went into Afghanistan right after 9-11, make sure you don't kill any innocent people. You know, uh, or, or even when we went into Iraq, make sure you don't hurt any of the innocent Iraqis. Uh, we, we wouldn't have brooked that. And yet Israel seems to be held to that standard. And wouldn't it be true that if you did agree to a ceasefire, that the tactic of always surrounding yourself with innocent people would become the absolute model, not just for Hamas, but pretty much for anybody in the world who wants to inflict terror, just make sure you do so from a place where you're surrounded by innocent people and then call for a ceasefire because you don't want the innocent people to be hurt? Absolutely, and I want your listeners to understand what's going on. As Prime Minister Netanyahu cited him, said, we called on the Palestinian uh, civilians in the Gaza Strip to evacuate to safer zones in the south side because we want to mitigate the damage to civilians. We don't want to see civilians getting killed. Of course not. But the one who keeps them, as you said, surrounding and hiding, hiding behind them, that's Hamas. They are preventing them from going down south to the safer zones because they want to use them as human shields in in, in schools, 
in residential buildings and even in hospitals. I don't know if you follow that, but just last week we um, um, shared some intelligence of our military showing that one of the major headquarters of Hamas in the Gaza Strip is located under the major hospital in Gaza, under the Shifa hospital in Gaza. They're cowards. They're hiding behind their own civilians. So what do you do in a case like that after you have warned people and told them to leave and their own country has told them not to, and you know that leadership is under a major hospital. Are you going to, I mean, you're not going to reveal your war plans, obviously, but in a theoretical sense, are you going to bomb that hospital anyhow? I know that our um, uh, soldiers on ground are now um, advancing gradually into Gaza Strip. They do uh, give warnings to civilian population to continue to evacuate from specific buildings, specific uh, neighborhoods, we do give uh, advance notice. By the way, I don't know of any other military in the world who does that, but we do give advance notice saying, hey, this building is, is, is being served as a Hamas headquarters. We know that you live there. Please leave. Looking, we're not going to, um, to, we don't want to bum you the tour in this building. But 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 if you if you do that, how how gradually in order to let people evacuate, we don't want to kill right. the people. We want to just go after the the leadership of Hamas. But if you make that warning, what's to stop the leadership from Hamas from saying, "Well, we're getting out of here too"? You know, Mitch, I, Israel is I have to admit is a special case. We are in many cases held to different standards from you know many other countries in the world. So we have to act in a way that sometimes put in risk our military uh, operations or our military objectives in order to do the extra mile and make sure that we can do as little damage as possible to the civil to the civil population. Yeah, and yet even for all the extra miles that you put in, you seem to get extra criticism for being exactly the opposite. What, yes, um, but you know, Mitch, we're being criticized by those who are praising on university campuses and on the streets in Detroit and Chicago and elsewhere, praising the massacre of Hamas, the killing of 1,400 Israelis as an act of, 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 uh, of resilience. So this is something of, we're talking about twisted morality. And, you know, with what, all due respect, what about, we ignore what that. What about the, uh, the numbers game that plays into this in terms of the, the victims in Gaza and injured Palestinians and killed Palestinians? I think the latest number that was put out there that I saw was 8,000. But as you have pointed out in a press release and others have pointed out, all this, the numbers keep coming from one place, the Gaza Ministry of Information or Ministry of Health, which is essentially Hamas. And so if they are, and they have been proven to lie about things in the past, exaggerate numbers in the past, blame uh, Israel for things in the past. So how does... A person who wants to have some kind of, you know, fair sense of what really is going on there, how do they know what numbers to believe? It's not as if Israel can go in there and count the dead also. You, you can't do it. You're a little busy. So how does anybody really know how many Palestinians are being injured or killed? Nobody knows, but I want to tell you one thing. What I do know is the numbers that we're hearing. And you know what? For sure, and this is devastating. There are people, civilians in the Gaza Strip who are getting killed, mostly because Hamas uses them as human shields. At the same time, and this is devastating. Every killing of every civilian is devastating. 
of innocent civilians. At the same time, I can tell you that the numbers that we're getting from Hamas are super inflated. We have, they just, you know, two weeks ago, I don't know if your listeners remember that, they claimed that Israel intentionally bombed the hospital in Gaza, killing right. 500 people. Right. You know, it took us a few hours, and that was confirmed by the United States, to first show that it wasn't Israel, but a, an Islamic Jihad misfired missile. And secondly, the numbers were somewhere between 100 and 200. So we know that the numbers for sure are super inflated, and this is why it is very important that every media, out, every media outlet would you know, exert some caution in citing the numbers of Hamas coming out of Gaza. Are there, uh, finally, any special tactics that Israel uh, has in, in what they're doing now to get at these tunnels, which apparently go for hundreds of miles underneath, and if you really want to get Hamas leadership, and if you really want to try to find these hostages, are going to require getting into those tunnels. How do you fight a battle? I, you know, I hear people talk about urban warfare and Fallujah and places like that as if that's similar. And I say, I don't know. I don't think that's really exactly the issue. Yes, you're fighting in cities in many cases, but you're talking about you're really fighting under the ground. How do you do that? It's a parallel city that's underground. Um, and there, there are some tactics to do that. I think that some of our special forces have been uh, training for that for some years right now. But it doesn't mean that necessarily you have to go to each tunnel and dismantle it. There might be other, um, other uh, ideas, such as, for example, you know, Hamas and the people of Gaza are complaining about the lack of fuels. We know for sure that Hamas has stockpiled uh, a lot of fuels, hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel. They don't give it to the civil population. They use this uh, fuel to ventilate and to, you know, use electricity for their tunnels. So if they don't have the fuel, they won't be able, for example, to have enough oxygen in the tunnels and they will have to go out. All right. Mm -hmm. So there are certain issues that are uh, presented as humanitarian issues. But actually, we know that Hamas needs them for their military purposes. Uh, I promise that was the last question, but this is the last question because I just thought of it. The hostages. You're under a lot yeah. of pressure from the Israeli families and families from around the world to say, look, stop doing anything until those hostages are safe. That has to be the top priority. I think some of the families in Israel did a everyone for everyone proposal, which was give us back uh, to Gaza should give back 230 hostages and Israel should give all 6,000 Palestinians or 6,000 Hamas uh, prisoners in their jails. What is Israel going to do with that difficult situation? I think that the longer we continue to press Hamas, the more possibility we have to get our prisoners back because they're using the prisoners, the hostages, sorry, the hostages, the more than 30 babies, toddlers, and children that they're holding together with Holocaust survivors and mothers that they're holding in Gaza, they use them to uh, put pressure on Israel. So I think for me, the best way to deal with that is to put counter pressure on them. And we see that the longer they feel uh, under pressure, um, the more creative ideas or suggestions uh, they have. And at the same time, by the way, and this is the great news from today, the military operation in Gaza also served to rescue some of our hostages. Only today was it revealed that last night our special forces rescued and Israeli soldiers that was that was uh, hostage in Gaza for the past three and a half weeks, she they rescued her. She came back to her family safe and sound. 
So I think that the ground operation is also very important to maybe um, give more possibility for the rescue of our hostages. Yinam Cohen is the Council General for Israel to the Midwest. He's been our guest. Thank you, Yinam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's 760 WJR.